like, this isn't my fault. This is your fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the React Native Nerds podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, welcome to uh, episode number three of React Native Nerds podcast. And today we're talking about Flipper, what it is and why you want to use it. Uh, but first, hey, Spencer, why don't you tell me what you've been up to this week? So this last week has just been purely writing tests for React Native. I'm kind of doing a, a big rebuild on kind of my primary client app. We've got quite a few users, so we're just trying to really work on stability. And it's been one of those projects that's just evolved over the last three or four years they've been building it. Just kind of needed a, a ground-up rewrite, knowing everything they're doing. And with all the customers they've got, it's in a hospital environment. So we want it to work and work quickly and be confident it's working. We're kind of rebuilding it with a testing approach from the ground up. So it's just kind of been, I think we're up to like 250 tests in this app now, which oh my. I've never done before. So it's been a really cool experience using React Native testing library and testing out these different components and just building an application with this idea that, okay, I need to test each component of this from the start. How am I going to build that to make my job easier? So it's just been like tons and tons of Jest and React Native testing library this last week, but little slow work, not kind of like, you know, getting a cool payout payoff right away but it's been a good learning experience and just been interesting writing tests for an app for the first time so did you uh, react native init and then this is like tdd sort of stuff ground up build or are you retrofitting tests in it's it's retrofitting tests in so init a new project we kind of built out the core of the app and then we're going through and adding those tests in now that we've kind of got the whole flow going on because there are some things we were refactoring weren't sure of and i didn't kind of want to write any tests for that going into it right away nice okay yeah what have you been up to the listeners don't know but uh, my day job is in um, ai and machine learning i work for a company and we do a lot of that sort of stuff and i'm heavily into chat bots and natural language processing and so i was attending a workshop and it was a certification workshop. So now I'm a certified chatbot developer for this specific framework. Um, Very nice. I got a 100 on on my exam. So <laughs> my boss was really excited about that. It was money well spent. So we've just been experimenting with different ways to make this more robust. Typically, when you are chatting with a chatbot, I understand this is not React Native. Although I've just, I've thought about creating an app to uh, interact with our bot stuff. But anyway, when you're when you're chatting, the bot has a short-term memory. As soon as you end that session, it doesn't remember anything else. You know, if you come back later, most technology isn't going to remember the problem you had before. Mm -hmm. So I started building this system I'm calling uh, Total Recall, and it actually will dive back into that conversation history and sort of remember everything. For example, if it's like a tech support bot you could go through the new computer request flow and that goes off to you know support and then they get you your new computer and you come back a month later and you want some software, the bot can actually ask you, oh, is that for the new computer you just got last month? You know, and then it'll know, it'll pull up all, that, all those stats from the ticket and from inventory and know exactly all about it. So I've just been playing around with all that sort of stuff. Very and then cool. on top of that, adding adding sentiment analysis, which is really, really wild. The bot can tell your mood, 
you know, or basically your sentiment, obviously, uh, when you're when you're responding to various questions and whatnot. And it actually tracks that with the conversation as well. So then you can go in and okay. see if somebody's really irritated when they're talking to the bot. Um, but the really cool thing is then you can have the bot sort of change trajectory. If somebody is really annoyed, you can hand them off to a human right away, or <laughs> you can actually have the bot change its tone to respond in a different way. You know, so it, I'm just playing with all this stuff. It's a, it's so much fun. Yeah, so much that's fun. really interesting. My girlfriend's buying a car, and we're using Carvana, which is a kind of like an all online used car buying experience. So we've had some interactions with their chat bot, which has been uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's hit and miss. I mean, yeah. I, I personally despise them. I don't like <laughs> using them. And so that just makes me want to make them better. Right. So yeah, it's fun. It's very cool. And then in preparation for this episode, you know, I always say, no, I haven't tried this. No, I haven't done that. So in America, we had Memorial Day on Monday. So I sat down and just dove into React Native stuff and went down a couple horrible, horrible rabbit holes trying to upgrade my <laughs> app in non-recommended ways just to see if I could do it oh, and, uh, you know, testing out different sorts of things. So, yeah, it was it was a fun week. It was a good week. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. looking back at our last episode, is there anything anything we forgot to cover or any other topics we want to touch on again yeah well while i was while i was editing the podcast i realized that i went on this ramble misnaming async storage as local storage and then you know you sort of brought me around to that but i was mentioning async storage and pouch db and realized i never really got to my point and that was that while those things can store data that data isn't reactive in and of itself and so you need to load that into state and, you know, in our discussion with the podcast, it was relating to context. And so you can wrap state inside of your context to make that stuff reactive. And I think I was sort of stepping toward that some of that data can get cached on the screens. And so using context would just allow that to be more responsive mm -hmm. and uh, actually reflect UI changes as other functions change deeper in your app. Right. Um, also, on top of that, I actually went through your mini course on context, which is really, really good. And this show is not a, um, a paid ad for React Native School. However, <laughs> if you're a, a React Native developer, I mean, it's definitely, definitely worth picking up because there are so many good nuggets in there. I mean, so I'm watching this thing on context and I watched there's uh, three videos, I think it is. And I don't use Redux, but I watched the Redux one anyway. And I just picked up this cool um, React Native uh, drop-down alert plugin that you used in mm. one of your, in your apps, demonstrating you know this context and migrating over. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I wrote that down. So there's a lot of good nuggets in the in these courses and these things, and it's really cool to watch somebody else write the code you can learn you can pick up really good coding habits and whatever so i highly recommend that spencer isn't paying me to say that i appreciate but, uh, it yeah you definitely want to pick that up <laughs> for sure man for sure in keeping with that i had a, a question about the course and i guess if if our listeners haven't really watched this uh, spencer puts together an app to let you change the light or dark theme on a couple screens 
and each of those screen components or each of those components had its own style sheet in there. Mm -hmm. And would you be able to extract those individual styles out into sort of a master style sheet that would control the actual colors that are happening? Or yes. do those actually need to be tied to the components? I don't have a great answer for it because I've, I've tried it in a few different ways. At one point there was, um, it was called React Native Extended Style Sheet, which basically did what you're describing, kind of just pull that out into a master style sheet. And then you reference something by a, a variable name, kind of. Um, it was just kind of a string and it would parse that and kind of fill in the value with whatever you wanted. That worked well. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that, that did. But what I found myself doing is basically like, and it doesn't super apply too well to that example, but basically the way I try to do it is break down these themed components into a standalone component. So like, say I've got a container which sets my background color. I've got that, that's where I access the context to set the theme. And then I do the same thing with the text. I kind of build a component on top of React Native text, which I apply all my styling to, my theming to, and then basically I import that component and within a given screen, I import the container and the text. And that screen itself has no idea what the theme is, but then the underlying UI components that I've built, the container and the text, that's all that's interacting with the theme. That way I can kind of ignore or not have to worry about setting up a, a global style sheet that also then has to make sure it stays reactive as a user dynamically changes the theme. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, I don't have a preference either way, but you know, when when you come from the web, you usually have this giant style CSS file. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're when you're doing React Native, you can break those down for each individual component. And I've always wondered if there's overlap, you know, what do you do? Right. You just duplicate you know, your background code, you know, if you're, if you set it up in such a way, you can actually set your colors as variables. So there's only one place to set those colors and they just get referenced, you know, further in your app. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I've done in the past, but I just wasn't sure what the best practices were with that. So cool. With React Native School, I know there's the, the monthly or the annual membership or whatever, and occasionally you'll do package deals with um, courses and things. And again, Spencer has no idea that I was going to ask this, but like, <laughs> do you, what's your rhyme or reason for packing up individual courses for, you know, little bundles? Basically, I've been trying to streamline everything. And basically I've got two primary things. There's the React Native by example, which kind of is just a start from zero, get up and running with React Native. And then just in terms of like an ease of management, I kind of bundle courses and classes with React Native School that just kind of help you with kind of oddball things like, you know, setting up context, which in and of itself isn't that big. They're all just like these little mini classes that just kind of help you write better React Native apps or hopefully help you write better React Native apps or like learning how to use React Native or React navigation, different tools like this, just kind of these bundled things that standalone, it kind of needs a course to kind of have a flow to show you here's where we're starting, here's where we're ending. Mm -hmm. But uh, standalone, they, I don't know, they don't necessarily provide a ton of value to just kind of like be a one-off thing. So that's why I kind of have started to bundle all this stuff into React Native School, just so that depending on wherever you are within your React Native journey, you can kind of pick and choose these different classes to 
within, you know, I aim for like 30 minutes to be able to really understand some plugin or package or concept and then start applying that quickly within your uh, React Native app that you're actually building. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then one last thing that reminded me when you were saying that is any developer that wants to exercise their chops, you have a really cool project. Um, and I, the, this is off the top of my head. I don't remember exactly what it's called. Maybe I'll edit it in later. Um, is it like React Native Challenges? Oh, yeah, React Native Exercises. Exercises, okay. You know, you basically sort of outline something to do. So they're ideas, very fleshed out sort of concepts, and then you just go build it. So those are really, really helpful as well. So anyway, okay, enough self-shameless promotion. Well, <laughs> it's not shameless for me, for you, self-promotion for you. Um, on to our topic. So today we're talking about Flipper. Probably most of our listeners aren't going to make the reference to the dolphin from the 70s, <laughs> um, but that's the first thing I show, I think of the very first time. And I was really upset when I visited the website and there wasn't a dolphin as the logo. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about Flipper? Yeah, so. And then I'll jump in with some of my experience. If you've been working with React Native for a while or you're coming from more mature development environment, you may feel like right rightfully so that the debugging experience in react native is kind of lacking especially a debugging solution that's kind of shipped with react native and that's where flipper comes in it's kind of that evolution of okay react native has been around x number of years now thousands of developers are using it let's provide a better debugging experience so flipper is a debugging app that's also built by facebook that Facebook uses for iOS and Android apps. It's been popular with iOS and Android developers for a long time, but since version 0.6.2, the Flipper app or the integration that you need, which can be a bit of a pain to set up, is now being shipped with React Native uh, whenever you create a new project. So it's this awesome development or development debugging tool that's now built into React Native. Yeah, so if you're using 6.2 or above, it just works. You quite literally launch your app, open up Flipper, and it's connected. There's no special anything that you need to do. It's it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, in addition to being built in, like the tools that actually come with it are super super valuable. Because I know like I've had the opportunity to work with a bunch of companies who are starting with uh, React Native and integrating it, and especially if they come from like you know iOS development with Xcode the debugging experience just isn't there. So not only is it easy to use with new React Native apps, but the tools that you get are super, super powerful with it. Do you want to run the, run down through those real quick? Some of the capabilities that are actually built into Flipper, one of the cool ones, and I think this is a great learning tool as well, is the ability to inspect and view and interact with the kind of rendered component tree. So as we're building React Native apps, we're kind of breaking things down into components, and it's kind of hard to view the whole tree. With Flipper though, it kind of builds on top of or just uses React DevTools to go ahead and render your component tree. You can look at it, you can interact with it. Very similar to using something like the Chrome Console, Chrome Debugger tool, I'm forgetting the name, but just the same way you can view and interact with the HTML and change styles or CSS. You can do the same thing with the inspector in Flipper, just you're changing props and stuff for your uh, components. So it's really cool in that sense. Yeah, it makes it so easy to do, too. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah, just like everything. It's just kind of built in. 
Um, another one, and this is... And at first, I do want to say, sorry, before you go on, at first, it's way overwhelming. Oh, yeah. So buckle up, because when you start clicking on things, you're going to see more data than you've ever seen about your app, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it's really interesting to see everything that goes into it, especially once you start using React Navigation or you're starting to integrate context on your own. Just everything that context brings into the picture and how that's all changing stuff as well. And what's cool is, like you said, you can you can change what's there. So if, if you want to tweak something, you can do that right from there. So it's it's pretty wild. Another thing that it's got built in is a network inspector. And this is something that I've always really, really wanted because as far as I know, using through the just standard React Native debugging through Chrome, you can't really inspect the network requests and then view what are the headers sent, what's the response look like, and all that. Typically, I would go and reach for uh, Reactotron, which is another development debugging tool uh, we'll talk about a little later. But with Flipper built in, we've got a network inspector, so you can view everything about every single request that you're making from your app, uh, be it locally, just running the debugger or the development packager, to making different API requests and all that. And then you can do this for every feature, but you can actually go ahead and filter it down because especially in development, you'll be seeing a ton of network requests as React Native is listening for any updates you make. It'll go and make another request to get that updated code, but you can go ahead and filter it and say, oh, I just want to see example api.com, and you can go and filter all of your requests to that so that you can just see those things. And then, like I said before, really inspect every single part of the request, the response that's related to the network. Yeah, this is super useful when you're hitting APIs. The filtering is really cool too. So if you are connecting to multiple different APIs and you just want to watch one of them, or you are sending a, a specific token, a JWT token or something like that, I mean, you can you can filter and narrow down these logs as they spin by. It's so, so nice. And then uh, finally, one of the other built-in features, and this is one I've got the least experience with, and I, I should say, like, I don't have a ton of experience with Flipper yet. I just got an app that's kind of like an actual app up and running on 062, which has Flipper. So I don't have a ton of experience with it. But the other one is the crash reporter. Well, because our stuff doesn't crash. Or, right. Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's why it's empty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll have to use that in the, la- the next uh, project pitch, you know. Don't have to use a crash reporter. Right. I don't know how it works. My apps just don't crash. Yeah. But yeah, it's got a crash reporter in there. And historically, you've got Logbox, which will give you that big red screen error and a crash report or somewhat of a report. Um, and basically, this crash reporter is going to give you one level above that, just some more information about on the native side, where did the crash happen? What extra information can you get? If you've done Android development, you may have used Logcat to grab some more information about just the native underlying process. And these are all things that you can, I believe, start getting information from using Crash Reporter. So it's just more of a a holistic view of what's going on, not only on the JS side, but also on the native side. So you can figure out what the hell did you do to make your app crash. I I also have not used the Crash Reporter. I didn't even think about, you know, throwing in some garbage code to get a red screen, you know, to see what comes out. But I look forward to that happening. Right, yeah. When it happens, it'll be nice to uh, have that additional information. And then something that's really cool, we've talked about all these built-in features. But Flipper allows you to actually go ahead and write all of your own plugins. So it's architected in a way with an API where you can just go ahead and add in whatever you want to so that you can get more information. Um, we've got notes here. There's a 
Redux plugin. So if you use Redux in your application and you want to view information about your store changing, you can go ahead and add a Flipper Redux plugin to watch that information. These plugins typically add another left navigation item. So right now it's Network Inspector Crash Reporter. Um, I forget what the other ones are. And um, so you'll actually get a Redux plugin left navigation option after you've added, added it. Yeah, and another one, and this is something that's really cool that I'm gonna start using, is a React Native Performance plugin. Like there's a bunch of plugins out there so you can get how long did your app take to start up on the native side? What time did it take to get the script download, to execute? Um, all kinds of different information, which is valuable to figure out, okay, is it the native side of the app that's taking a long time to start, or is there something that's holding it up on my JavaScript that I need to think about? So it's really cool. And then if there's something that you don't see in the Flipper kind of plugin library, you can go ahead and write that. So it's a built-in tool. It's got a bunch of super valuable stuff. We're already seeing a bunch of great plugins for it, but you can always go ahead and write those custom plugins that you need to. I watched a uh, YouTube video, and that'll be in the show notes, uh, with a gentleman from Facebook on the Flipper team. And he was building a demo app with cryptocurrency listings or something like that. In the video, he builds a plugin that narrows down the log files getting spit out specific to some data that he wanted from his app. You can totally tweak things. You know, the plugin you build could just be for your app and it doesn't, you don't need to release it. You don't need to give it out to anybody else, but you can tweak this left, right, and upside down, you know, to make it customizable to your app and to your needs, which is super, super cool. Definitely. You know, we've talked about this new tool that's built in, but it's built in with 062. You can kind of get it working previously as well. But like, how does this compare to previous tools that have been used for debugging? So there's like uh, React Native Debugger or Reactotron, and Reactotron is really what I've got the most experience with. Basically, like Reactotron is going to let you see everything and everything about your Redux store. I think you can even like dispatch actions from it. You can kind of roll backwards through your Redux state, thus changing your app state. You can do all kinds of really cool stuff. Also network inspecting. It, it's the tool that I've typically used for like the last couple of years to debug React Native apps. And what's cool is Reactotron, it's not like a Reactotron versus Flipper. Something that Infinite Red has done is actually take Reactotron and turn it into a Flipper plugin so that you could use it as a standalone app like it has been. Or you could just go ahead, drop all those features that you're used to from Reactotron right into Flipper because of its plugin architecture. It's, it's so cool to see uh, this debugging experience that's developing in React Native. Yeah, I am um, just a Chrome DevTools sort of debugging mm -hmm. guy. Flipper is going to change my life. It really is. Yeah, for sure. That yep. same way I've debugged things. And like, I've just gotten so used to it that, I don't know, I forgot or didn't realize just how good tools can be in outside of React Native development. Or how much you have to interpret the error messages. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, like, we all know there are error messages that are not helpful at all. Right, yeah. You, but you continually get them, and eventually you know what it really means or what it's really mm -hmm. telling you or what you did that triggered it. And uh, right. so the more information you get out of these debugging tools, the better and better your workflow is going to be. You're not going to have to grok a red screen to know what that error message means. Hopefully you won't have to go stack overflow it. Right. You know, because 
Flipper will have more information about what happened when that happened, when that error popped up. Now, we've been uh, speaking the praises of Flipper, and like it is, it's fantastic, but it's kind of got one big drawback to it. My only experience with Flipper is from 062 and above, where it's built in. But as I understand it, John, you've had a little bit of experience trying to retrofit Flipper into a previous version of React Native? Yes. So I am a typical developer and lag far behind the latest version of React Native. And uh, I took a, a 5.9 app. Well, first I tried upgrading it um, with non-conventional means, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, and that didn't work. So then I was I thought, oh, well, let me just see if I can get this to work because it's supposed to work with older versions also. And found a blog post, which is also in the show notes, went through attempting to get this to interact with my app. And I think it may have probably been easier to React Native init in a new directory, copy code over and rebuild my app on 062 <laughs> than sit there. And it just could be me. It absolutely could be me. Now, I will start out with saying that this uses pod file. And I did not have a pod file in my app. So I had to go in there and do a pod init. Mm. This, I don't want to say hack, but the way you get this to work is you go in and you edit your pod file. Because from what I understood in the reading, the older versions of React Native didn't use yoga in the same way. So there's a lot of name change, search and replace. There's a search and replace script. And then a block of a couple blocks of code that go into your pod file. And then you need to go edit your app delegate M file and get all that, you know, and anytime you're jumping into that stuff, you know, you know, buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> and um, it was bumpy. So I have not yet successfully gotten it to work fully with an older app. However, before I went down this whole road, just for grins, I fired up a 5.9 app. My simulator came up, I opened up Flipper and it connected and it will spit out the logs from the simulator. So the simulator logs. So for example, if you were in Xcode, it's that console log that you see in Xcode. And that is in Flipper and that is valuable because now I don't need to open up Xcode and do all that funkiness, you know, just to look at those logs. So you could potentially continue to use Chrome DevTools, mm -hmm. open that up and see your React Native logs in Chrome DevTools and your I'll just call them Xcode console logs in Flipper. So you could use that as your workflow until you can get around to upgrading. So just beware. And I wanna hear from you if you do end up getting this to work with an older app. You know, we, we don't say this enough, but you can tweet us at React Native Nerds. We have reactnativenerds.com website. You can go up there and comment and just let us know because I'm curious. I wanna know, you know, I'm sort of still new to all of this. Flipper is, seems to be an amazing tool. And I, I know my end goal is to actually upgrade to 062. And I keep saying, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that. But you know, we never get around to doing that stuff. So I just thought it would be kind of fun to try to get this to work with, with an older app. And it would be a <laughs> right. huge success story for me on this podcast if I had gotten that to work. But my pain might help you as well. So you know, you might <laughs> listen to me ramble here and be like, oh, well, did you try this or did you forget this? Or I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it a little different and I want to hear if it works. So let us know, guys. And just in terms of like upgrading to new versions of React Native, uh, especially 062, which I, I had trouble upgrading to this one. Fortunately, it was in the middle of a rewrite. So like I didn't have any native dependencies and I could just re-init it. 
update my package.json and drop my JavaScript in there. Within the announcement blog post of 062, they've got links to a lot of good resources on upgrading to version 062 of React Native, which will hopefully help you kind of upgrade. Because, yeah, I don't know. 062 has a lot of changes, but especially if you're interested in getting Flipper set up, I just wonder if it'd be easiest to just upgrade to 062, which will just bring all the updates in, including Flipper, even though it is, it is, it's a bit of a painful upgrade compared to the last few versions, which I found to be pretty easy. Yeah. When I tried my upgrading, I did a couple different ways. I tried the Git updater and then I also just did React Native upgrade with a specific version. And both of those times, I think my problem, my specific problem is, has to do with one signal. I use one signal for push notifications. Anytime mm. I did an upgrade, even if it was from 5.9 to 6.0, or if I just you know jumped off the cliff and tried to go straight to 6.2 with the Git updater, it always complained I was getting a bunch of one signal errors. So I actually went in to package.json and removed, the one, removed one signal from the app, commented out the one signal lines in the app and you know try to try to deal with that but i think enough changes that one signal must have a new sdk so there's i think my particular issue with this might just be that so it's just one of those things i just got to sit down and dive in you know and and while i did have some time on monday and you know a couple hours here and there throughout the week i just needed to sit down uninterrupted and you know figure it out do all the Googling, all the GitHub right. diving, and see how long it takes, as opposed to just creating a new directory and copying over all my JavaScript. Right, yeah, you can't take the easy route like yeah. me. Well, I mean, <laughs> I might just do that, but like, part of me loves the puzzle, apparently loves yeah. being frustrated, because <laughs> it is frustrating, man. <laughs> because there is no worse error is when you do, you know, and my older version, NPM run iOS, and then there is crap on the screen in red. Node says this probably isn't a problem with Node. You know, scroll up to see what the, the right, issue is yep. or whatever. However, it says it. You know, it's like this isn't my fault. This is your fault, basically. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, good times. I mean, and I I do love it. I think um, I think React Native is pretty solid for the types of things that I need to do. I'm really looking forward mm -hmm. to to using Flipper after I get everything upgraded. You know, once I upgrade, then I can use Context properly and I can use React Navigation V5 and I'll have Flipper and just all these really cool new tools that uh, that we're going to be talking about. Mm. So it'll be awesome. It'll be a whole new app. It's going to be so fast and yeah, and gorgeous. And it's for a conference and nobody's <laughs> yeah. ever going to have yeah. a conference ever again because of this freaking quarantine COVID crap. So, you know, right. I'm down to, I'm down to yeah. one, one client. And um, they're deciding whether or not they're going to even have a conference this year. I think I need to uh, pivot and come up with a new app idea. That's what I think I need to do. Thankfully, this isn't supporting me. And this is just a, a hobby business. Yeah. Because I'd be hurting right now. Yeah, it's been interesting few months. It'll be interesting few months yeah, coming for up. for sure. Yeah, so if we have piqued your fancy in Flipper, we've got a few resources down in the show notes. I always say best place is kind of directly from the horse's mouth at the official documentation, which you can find at fbflipper.com. And then there's a few awesome videos, um, a talk we've mentioned a few times, discussing Flipper from a developer at Facebook who works on Flipper. That's in there. Um, and a few other things, just teaching how to use Flipper, how to set Flipper up. There's all of it down there in the resources in the show notes below. Yeah, so check them out. 
And let us know what you think at reactnativenerds.com. Until next time, take it easy, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.